Thank you for taking time to listen to this week's message from Horizon West Church. You can find even more content, including video archives of this and other past messages at horizonwestchurch.com. And if you're in the Horizon West area, be sure to visit us sometime soon. Now enjoy this podcast from Horizon West Church. Good morning, church. So really exciting to be here and to see everybody. Um, literally, we can go home and you can say you heard my message this morning. Because every word that we sang today was wrapped in my message. And for me, that is incredible. That is really amazing. Today, we're going to continue our series um, on wrapping Christmas. And uh, it's just an honor that I get to share the Word of God. Like to open the Word of God and share with God's people. It's just an honor and privilege that we get to do that. A question. Have you ever had somebody develop an opinion about you prematurely? Or maybe you developed an opinion about somebody. Maybe by their looks, or what they're wearing, or their accent. Uh, we, we have this premature opinion about people before we get to know them. Uh, a few years ago, a friend of mine, he is Haitian, invited me to go and meet with him. He had a talk, uh, radio talk show, and he heard about some of the things that we're doing, um, and he wanted to just ask me, ask me a few questions. So I went there, and I walked into the building, and this guy walked towards me and started telling me everything about Haiti. And he went on and on, you know, and he, at the end of the conversation, he asked me, what part of Haiti are you from? And I looked at him, and I said, uh, I'm from Nigeria. And I could see on his face, oh my goodness. And I was sharing this with our Pastor Chris, and he had a similar experience. Somebody, he was, I think, in the coffee shop, and a guy and his wife came and was talking to this lady, and they just went on and talking about China and the country and all of that. And at the end of the conversation, the lady looked at them and said, I'm from South Korea. <laughs> you know, we have all these premature conception about people, and then we get to know them, we go, oh my goodness. Uh, it's not really what I was thinking. Now, in the book of John that we've been talking about, John chapter 1, that is where John is headed. John is reminding people about the person and the divinity of Jesus, his humanity and divinity. You know, in his culture, culture was shifting, and people were coming up with all these ideas and opinions about the person of Jesus. And John was like, wait a minute. <laughs> let, let, let me correct something here. And John would do that so well, and he would do it in three ways. The first one, he began his writing. In John chapter 1, he said, in the beginning. So what John is doing is John is saying, Jesus Christ is the word of God who existed from the beginning. He's the internal word of God. 
Jesus is the internal word of God. Not because Jesus had a beginning. He was there in the beginning because he was before the beginning. And John will go on to say that Jesus Christ is not only the internal word of God, but he is also the creative word. In chapter 1, verse 3, he said, In him all things were made. In him all things were made. And the people listening to John or reading his letter, either Jew or Greek, they understand what John is trying to say. As God, the internal word, or God, the power behind all things. They got that. And then John will say this thing that was so shocking. John will move from God is the internal, God is the creative, Jesus is the internal, Jesus is the creative. John will go into something that was like, oh, wait a minute. This is where John would part from every philosophy of his time. In John chapter 1, verse 14. John chapter 1, verse 14. If you have your Bibles, you can turn with me there. John said, the word became flesh. It's like, what? God became flesh. And everybody was like, wait a minute. Like, we know the God you're talking about. We know this power that was before the beginning. We know this power that is behind all of creation, that, is, that holds all things together. We know this power, but he became flesh. And dwelt among us. And just said, and we saw him. We saw him. We've seen his glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. Now, I just want to walk backwards with this scripture today. I want to start from the end and then we'll walk. John said, Jesus is the word of God that became flesh and came and dwelt among us full of grace and truth. A few days ago, my daughter is at this age in her life where she wants to buy her own things. I don't know where she got that concept. But she knows that if you want to buy something, you need money. And she wants to buy all these toys, and when we go to Publix or Target, she's like, I want this, I want this. I'm like, we cannot get that for you. And then she'd come up with this idea. She would come and say, Daddy, can I clean my room so that you can pay me, and I will go and buy my toys? So we started that. I was like, okay, that is fun, you know? So we... Say, okay, I said, clean your room, I will pay you. And she did, and she came back and she said, can I do the dishes so that I can get more money? 
And I can, so that was good for some period of time. And one day she came to me, she said, I want to clean my room so that you can pay me. And I said, baby, it doesn't work like that. You don't get paid to clean your room, it's your room. Like you need to clean your room whether you're paid or not. And she said to me, she said, okay, that is, is the last time. Today I will clean my room and I promise I will keep my room clean all the time. So I don't have to come back to you and ask you to pay me to clean it. Now, truth. She needs to keep her room clean. That is true. Grace. She can't. She can't. But that doesn't change my love for her as a father. You see, Jesus is saying truth is that the law was given to humanity. And John would talk about that in his text. He said the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth through Jesus Christ. He's saying the law was given to you, thou shalt not do this, thou shalt not do this. And, and Jesus came and said all the law and the prophet was pointed to these two things, love the Lord your God and love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus said all of this is truth. But I am the truth. And then he went on the other hand and said, but grace is just that you cannot do that. You cannot. And that takes us to the reason why Jesus came. Because the truth is that we cannot keep the law and do it perfectly and earn our way to God, which everybody in the Old Testament and even up to today, humanity is trying to reach God by their own works and by their own doing. And Jesus is going, you cannot. So he came as the truth but full of grace, because when we cannot, Jesus said, I did it all for you. So John, let's walk back. John said, Jesus became flesh, full of grace and truth. Why would God become flesh? C.S. Lewis called this the grand miracle. The greatest miracle ever giving to humanity, that God would become flesh. Why is that important? Why is that important? I want to talk about three things that I believe are really essential about Jesus becoming flesh. The first is this, God became flesh to redeem. God became flesh to redeem. He came to rescue us from the power of sin and the penalty of sin. You see, the power of sin was over us, but also the penalty of sin was on us. You see, in Romans chapter 5, Paul wrote this, he said, therefore, just as sin entered the world through one man and death through sin, so death spread all to all men 
because all have sinned. So the power of sin was over humanity. We were slaves to sins. We couldn't even rescue ourselves from the power of sin. But also Paul was said in Romans 6, 23, he said, and the wages, the penalty of this sin is death. And we're lost. We're powerless. We couldn't help ourselves. And God said, I will send my son to redeem humanity. Redemption is why God became flesh. Now, redemption has become a theological term. We talk about redemption, but in the first century, when people talk about redemption, it was, it was a commercial term, right? So, for example, if you owe somebody and you couldn't pay them, they would come and they would take you to either their farm or their house, and you walk there as slave. And eventually, if your family decides, you know, we want to get you back, <laughs> They will go to the person and they will say, look, we want to redeem this person back. And they will pay the debt and they will redeem the person. You see, in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 7, Paul said this. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 7, he said, in him, which is Jesus Christ, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace. How did Jesus redeem us? Through his blood. You know, to, to say it's more direct and simple, Jesus came to die. That is it. So when you have nice Christmas, remember that. <laughs> that the person that you're eating and celebrating and shopping for came to die. He came to die. To die in my place, to die the death that you deserve, the death that I deserve, he came and took that on himself. So God came to redeem. Number two, Jesus came to reveal. He came to reveal. You see, in John chapter 1, verse 14, the first part of that text is that he became flesh and dwelled among us. You see, the word dwelled, there is the same word used in the Old Testament as tent. And in Hebrew, that word also can be translated as sakina, which means the revealed glory of God. 
So Jesus came to, to redeem us from the power and penalty of sin, but Jesus also came to reveal to us the heart of God. Because if, if you really want to know how God looks like, you need a point, a reference point, right? I have a friend growing up, he would tell me that people always tell him that he's just like his father. And one day he went to his mom and said, why, why is it that people tell me that I'm just like my father? And, and his mom said, you know, your father was generous. Your father was very known in the city. He would care for people. He would do, and this guy, in college, he was just that. And what people were trying to tell him was that when we see you, we see your father. And Jesus said, I came so that you can see God the Father. When you see me, you see the Father. You see, in the Old Testament, there was a guy by the name Moses. He pleaded with God. He said, God, will you reveal your glory? Can I just see your face? Can just a little bit of it? And God said, look, nobody sees my face and leave. He said, if you see me, you will die. And here's what God said to Moses in Exodus chapter 34. Exodus 34 verse 6. God said, look, I will not allow you to see my face, but I will pass by and I will declare something when I pass by you. And the, verse 6 said, and the Lord passed in front of Moses proclaiming the Lord, the Lord, the compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness, maintaining love to thousands and forgiving wickedness, rebellion, and sin. The compassionate, gracious to Moses, God just proclaimed this. In Jesus, we actually see this. You see, Jesus is the fullness of God's compassion displayed to humanity. It's the fullness of God's love. It's the fullness of God's grace. Jesus said, when you see me, you've seen all of God. His love, his compassion, his grace, his forgiveness. And Jesus taught this, but also he lived it. You know, Jesus would hang out with people that were undeserving in the society, and the religious leaders would go, why are you hanging out with these tax collectors, with these sinners? Jesus would look. I'm here to reveal something about the Father, his love for all people, for God so loved the world, not just Christians, for God so loved the world, not just our children. He loved the entire world that he gave his son to die on the cross. Back in high school, I used to have this 
um, we have this subject called uh, C-R-K. I'm trying to remember. It's been long. Um, and C means Christian R relig- religion studies. So C-R knowledge, Christian religion knowledge. C-R-K. And this guy was our teacher, and he would come to class drunk. Right? <laughs> so, so, so you are here to teach us from the Word of God, but he will come, literally, he will come drunk. Like, he will walk into the class, you smell all kind of things, and he will be, you know, and, and teaching. And I remember he will always say this when he walked in. He said, do what I say, don't do what I do. <laughs> you know, when you go, no, it doesn't work like that. You see, Jesus came and said, this is what God the Father said, and I'm going to show you how to do it. This is what the Father said. He wants to forgive the world, and I will show you how to do it. Even at the point of death on the cross, Jesus said, forgive them, Father, for they do not know. You see, Jesus was able to say it is finished because he was able to say forgive. And maybe some of us, what God is doing in our lives, we haven't seen the finishing yet because maybe we're holding some things that we haven't forgiven yet. So Jesus came to reveal the fullness of God's love compassion, and grace. Number three, Jesus came to restore. Jesus came to restore. In Genesis chapter three, verse eight, the Bible said that the man after creation and God gave them the mandate to care and to enjoy this beautiful, not just the garden, but the presence of God was always with his people, with Adam and Eve. Right? So God will come and will fellowship with his people. Not that he will come, but God was always there fellowshipping with Adam and Eve. And then the serpent came and deceive. And the Bible said in verse 8 that then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day and he hid from God. God called out to man, where are you? He said, we heard you and we heed. Why? But something happened at the cross. When Jesus was crucified, the Bible said that when he died, the temple cutting was torn from the top to the bottom. 
You see, in the Old Testament, people could not even go into the Holy of Holies and behold the glory and the presence of God. And the temple curtain was torn. It was like God was inviting humanity, look, come, come, let's fellowship again. God is saying what was lost in the Garden of Eden, this fellowship that you have access to me, you can come to me. Now the road access is made open. Come. Jesus came to restore what was broken in the garden. It's an invitation for us to come not only in his presence, right? because we, we do that. Like we, we love to come into the presence of God. But it's an invitation also to walk in his presence. You see, for me, I love to walk in his presence more than even to come in his, to his presence. Because come is almost like I can come and I can walk away. <laughs> and we love, I don't know about you, I, I love to do that. The, the idea that God will walk with me sometimes terrifies me because there are things that I don't want God to see. I don't want God to go, I am with you in this and you're doing this. <laughs> you know? I would rather walk into his presence and say, hey, hallelujah, thank you, God. And then I would walk away and I would just go, God is not seeing me now. But he sees all the time. But the idea that I am walking in his presence, with his presence, is just incredible. And that is what the Christmas story is all about. That is what the Christmas story is all about. In Matthew chapter 1, in Matthew chapter 1, verse 23, Matthew chapter 1, verse 23, hear what the Word of God said about the birth of Jesus The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. God with us. God is with you all the time. He wants you not just in his presence. He wants you to walk in his presence. The last two weeks, it was on Christmas, I mean, on Thanksgiving Day, I got a call. Actually, I was at the movies with my my family, and uh, we got a text message from... Um, a person we know, and she said, call as soon as possible. So we give a call right after the movie. We didn't see it because we put our phone away. Right after the movies, we looked and we called, and she told us a very sad news. A friend that we know so well, his wife on Thanksgiving Day went up to shower He was downstairs waiting for her so that they can go out and have breakfast. 
while she, while she was upstairs, she collapsed and she died. And I went and I remember sitting in that living room and I could see on his face all the questions. All the questions. And the next day I went back and I sat with him and he looked at me and he said, Pastor, I just had this talk with God today. He said, I sat down this morning and I looked at God and I said, why? 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 And I sat there and I'm thinking, what am I going to say to this grieving husband? And I remember in seminary, one of our professors was faced with such a question, and he said this in the class. I don't know how the conversation started, but he said somebody was asking, God, where are you? And his answer to that person was, he is right where he was when his son was nailed to the cross. And you know where he was? He was right there. And I look at this husband and I said to him, I know the questions, but one thing I can tell you today is God is with you, Emmanuel, God with us. Four days later, I got another phone call from a wife. She said, my husband was driving from work, he had a heart attack while he was driving and he passed away in the car. And I sat in that same living room with the wife, and I said to her, God is with you. I have no clue what you came here this morning with. Some of you are celebrating, some of you, some of you are grieving. Some of you are in pain, some of you, life is just good. No matter what, Christmas reminds us of one thing, Emmanuel. God restores his presence with humanity again. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, you know each and every one seated here this morning. You know our thoughts. You know our struggles. You know our joys. You know our pains. You know our rejections. Because you experience all of this. Like the writer of Hebrews said, that we have a high priest that is able to sympathize with us because he experienced all that we do experience. I pray for those watching online as well. God, I pray that you will meet us right where we are. You will remind us that the reason for Christmas is that God came and dwelt among us. Emmanuel, God with us. And you're always with us. 
nothing can ever separate us from the love that is in Christ Jesus. And we thank you for that. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Thanks again for listening to the Horizon West Church Podcast. If you were inspired or encouraged by something you heard today, share it with a friend. For more information like our service time, location, and other info, be sure to visit us online at horizonwestchurch.com. Have a great week.